Today, my guest is Brenda Harrington. She's a founder of Leadership Adaptive Strategies, LLC. She's an executive coach to global leaders in nonprofit, profit, and intergovernmental organizations. She helps leaders refine their leadership competencies so that they can make a bigger impact. She's also the author of Access Denied, Addressing Workplace Disparities and Discrimination. Our topic and conversation today is huge. It's important because it addresses all people and the productivity that we have or not based on our own subconscious conscious biases. Many of us are not aware of what we're doing and our unconscious behaviors. And so through her book, she educates us. She helps us to understand the discussions that we need to have. And even though it's difficult to have, what we can do when we see disparity or discrimination. So whether you are a leader from the top all the way to the bottom, I hope you learn just as much as I did in this conversation. Hello, Brenda. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Melinda. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, especially with your wealth of knowledge of workplace discrimination and workplace uh, disparities. I am so interested and fascinated in this topic, uh, and I wanted to get the sense from your perspective. What does that mean to you? Well, um, I appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, I, I wrote a book a couple of years ago, Access Denied, which addresses workplace disparities and discrimination. And, and that was my response to what I considered to be a bit of a, a, a call to action following uh, the things that we experienced here in the United States the spring of 2020. It's not that those events were so new, uh, and, but they were certainly alarming. Uh, but what, what really... Uh, got my attention even more so was the conversations that emerged as a result of things that have been happening for a very long time. Certainly things that I've experienced over the course of my career and work with my clients and uh, both individual and organization, individual clients and organizations. Uh, and the fact that it was just such, such a surprise to so many people. And so uh, what I decided to do was put together a compilation of stories, no fiction. It's all real life experience, the lived experiences of, of, of people in the workplace who are impacted by some of these circumstances. But more than tell the stories, uh, I wanted to uh, create awareness for, for people who, uh, for whatever reason, you know, were unknowing, I'll say, and also provide tools there are a lot of coaching and reflection tips uh, in the book to help people who are experiencing or who are being impacted by these circumstances uh, to, to work through them and to consider what their options are and to consider their choices. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me to define it, it really is, you know, about just, uh, you know, not including everybody in the workplace. We talk, we hear the term diversity and inclusion so much, you can achieve uh, what appears to be a, a level of diversity compliance by your mm -hmm. numbers, but that's very different than really fostering an environment of inclusion, which means everyone is participating at a high level and, mm -hmm. you know, 
the reflection of equity across the board when you look at you know how people are engaged in the work at all levels of the organization. Right, right. And what were your findings? It sounded like you've you heard some stories and experiences that were surprising. The discussions weren't surprising to me. I've lived them. I mean, so, you know, my findings were that, you know, over the 40 plus years that I've been in the workplace, there are a lot of things that are still quite pervasive and that are still uh, not being addressed in a meaningful way. Yeah. And when I say addressed, you know, you know, it's interesting. I all of this comes from, in, in my opinion, you know, when you talk about discrimination, when you talk about xenophobia and, and all of the things that divide us as, as individuals, as people, um, it comes kind of from a place of fear and certainly yeah. unknowing, right? Yeah. People are more comfortable with with people and environments and things that are familiar to them. And so when something is somewhat unfamiliar, they they move away. But on top of that are the... the uh, the perceptions that people have of people, you know, of a different gender, of a different race, of different ethnicity or nationality. And so when we're not willing or able to to break through those barriers, then it results in marginalization. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I I often say you can change, uh, hearts and minds can change, but you can't change them. This is a very individual experience. Mm -hmm. And so through the um the awareness that i talk about you know my my hope was for people to you know really begin to to think about things differently and i'm grateful that that is reflected in a lot of the feedback uh that i've been getting you know that you know when people read some of the stories and they start to reflect on experiences of their own in the workplace they said you know i had no idea or you know, I uh, I'm thinking back on something that happened, and now I understand more what might have been at play. Yeah. So then it's helpful for someone who is not as aware, uh, subconsciously or even consciously, to help them be more aware by reading the examples. Right. Because we all right. have them. I mean, we're all running around with unconscious biases and no question, not even knowing it. Um, and so educating ourselves by reading something like the reading your book is the first. Well, educating ourselves, but, you know, there's also, you know, in some cases, unfortunately, there is an underlying belief that there are people who are more superior and there are people who are inferior and, you know, ideally breaking through those barriers. And that's, that's difficult because, you know, those are, then you're getting to the core, you know, the essence of, of individual values. Uh, right. So, you know, but what organizations can do, certainly what organizational leaders can do is to hold people accountable for particular, you know, standards of behavior. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you are a, a CEO or, you know, a senior executive in an organization, you know, making sure that uh, people are are working to a particular standard, people who are in, you know, leading teams and in management roles, that people are getting the same access and people are getting the same level of visibility and engagement. And that, that, you know, just paying attention to make sure that people are not being marginalized. Yeah. Versus, I think because it's such a sensitive topic, I would imagine some people don't even know what to do, don't even know how to address Very it and just avoiding it. And then that doesn't yeah. help the situation at all. No, you know, it makes it worse. It really does. Yeah. It amplifies it. I'm glad you said that because people don't know what to do. And so 
to that end, they do nothing. And, right. and hope mm-hmm. is that, you know, certainly my my book and many others will help people to figure out where to start, what to do. Yeah. What uh, could you share some things of what they can do when they see something happening like this? Well, you know, I hate to be cliche. You know, we hear this with terrorism and everything else. You see something, say something. But the reality is, Uh if you're questioning something, to be willing to address it, right? To be willing to 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 look further and and scratch beneath the surface. And, you know, that shows up in a lot of different ways. So, for example, you know, it's it can be very awkward to be the only person of color, let's say, on a team, for example. So if you notice there's a team of, you know, six or eight people and, you know, you're not hearing from one person or you're not seeing this person participate in presentations or engaged in meetings and projects and things like that, that's something that needs to be checked out. You know, let's let's ask a few questions and, you know, what's happening? And, and, and you know, those are simple starting points. Having yeah. conversations with people you know, to, to learn more about their experience or what might be creating a barrier for them. Right. Yeah. I love that. So helping just to be more aware and including them more in the discussion when you notice that they're not engaging as much. What if somebody is saying something that is discriminatory? How could I address it in a way that doesn't offend the person, but shed light? Like, can you give some tips on how to do that? Well, when you say it doesn't offend the person, can you? Or or I guess um, so that they're more open to hearing the feedback and not be defensive and say, that's not me. I'm not really, you know, when you say something, this, go ahead. Uh, let's say I said something, I asked a question to somebody that may have been discriminatory. Okay. And then I'm a CEO and I saw that I think that that's disrespectful or potentially could be discriminatory. How would I address it to that person in a way that's open or invites a conversation? If you're, if you're, you're, so if you're, if you're addressing it with the person who made the comment, it's just a matter of saying, you know, that's, I, I think, well, there's so many reasons to do it. I mean, because you have, you know, you have personnel and risk management, all kinds of concerns. Right, if you hear right. somebody say something that's that is inappropriate, and right. so you know, in a situation like that, I mean, it's just a matter of saying, you know, this is this is inconsistent with you know our the our our standard for for communication, you know, in the organization or bringing it to the person's attention. They may or may not know. I don't right. know, but I I think that it's a responsibility, yeah. you know, for 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 those kinds of things to be addressed. Mm-hmm. My bigger concern is the the person that it impacted uh-huh. and, and their, you know, concern about being able to bring it forward, you know, whether or not there is a safe space, you know, for that individual to to raise a concern if they feel that something has been said or done, you know, that's offensive. Do you recommend they go to the manager or the direct person or both? It depends on the it, it depends on the environment and the culture. Honestly, okay. there might be. I, I always prefer that you know. I always think it's best if people can you know address those things one to one. You know, mm-hmm. if I come to you and say you know, Melinda, the comment that you made in the meeting you know made me uncomfortable. I would hope that we could talk through that. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and so that to me, if, if possible, would be the starting point. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's, it's necessary to, to escalate those things. What I don't think should ever happen is that you remain silent because, you know, that uh, one sends the wrong message that, that whatever was said or done is okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and number two, uh, you know, the, the person may or may not be aware. Right. I do think it's important to know, though. I mean, the person may be fully aware and it might have been intentional. That's not OK either. Right. But whatever the case is, whichever of those is the right answer is, you know, is something that needs to be revealed. Right. Right. And having a conversation about it. Having a conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. As difficult as it is. Uh and so can you share, I can imagine that this work is so powerful and meaningful in organizations. Can you share any, like, what are some of the results that you've helped some companies achieve when you feel when you, they're more inclusive um, going from and feeling more inclusive? Do you have? Well, some- it's certainly better for retention and, mm-hmm. you know, it has, you know, both increased this, there's, there's tons of research that points to the yeah. top and bottom line value right. of being more inclusive, not just from the standpoint of, you know, race and ethnicity, but also gender diversity and, and everything else. I mean, because you just have the value and the benefit of so many more perspectives and ideas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's less and less myopic. Um, it's, it's much better for retention when people feel included and when they feel a sense of psychological safety, you know, yeah. that they feel that they're in a place that in an environment that is uh, where they're able to add value and have an impact. Right. Right. They're spending so much time there and there's so much time. Yeah. Yeah. Are are companies more open to doing this? Unfortunately, no. I think that there's been uh, quite a rollback, you know, Uh it it became the the thing to do 2020, Uh 2021. Um, but there's been a significant rollback, unfortunately, oh, in, sure. uh, you know, focus and attention yeah. to this, which is why, you know, among the things that I do just in general, in the leadership space, I'm I'm really committed to, to keeping this conversation alive. Yes, yes, yes. And anything I could do too. I mean, it is so important and it's so unfortunate that I would, I, I actually am surprised. I thought more companies are more, are invested in seeing the importance of this. You know, what companies are doing, you know, are things that are, uh, I call them box checkers. The box. Know, they, 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 somebody came to me earlier this week and asked me to participate in a training that included DEI and the DEI portion was about an hour. And I said, no, thank you. Uh-huh. Because there really isn't much that you can accomplish in an hour, except uh-huh. to say that, you know, Melinda attended this training, <laughs> but it doesn't, change anything yeah and so it really is important for you know for companies that are committed and who really take this seriously it's important for this kind of thing and uh, and many other things to show up in the fabric of of the organization so i talked about accountability earlier you know how are we holding managers and others accountable for the for the type of behavior that we want to see for the type of culture and the environment we want to foster for everybody and I think that that's where we have an opportunity to do so much more work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. 
I could see that. And, and they might think that, oh, doing this work is taking away from doing things from the bottom line, doing things to affect the bottom line. It could right. be seen as that. And that's unfortunate because it actually supports. It, abs- it's, it absolutely growth. supports bottom mm-hmm. line growth, top yeah. and bottom line growth. Yeah. But that's where I come back to, you know, personal values and, and yeah. personal beliefs. So, yeah. it, you know, like most things, it starts at the top. Yes. Yes. Changing the hearts and the minds of, from the top. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you so much. I feel, Can you share one? What is your key insight or uh, tip that you can leave our leaders today to help them with their leadership, unleashing their voice? Sure. Well, just in general, you know, whether we're talking about this or any other topic with regard to leadership, I think that the one of the top leadership traits or competencies in our current environment is curiosity. And, you know, we can't rely on all the things that we've done over the last 10 or 15, 20 years, even five years, you know, uh, to to help us to address and navigate today's challenges effectively. So be willing to be curious, be willing to take some risks, uh, be creative, innovative and and let more voices bring more voices into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, leaders. Mm. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, you know, some leaders seem to be under of the mind that they need to have all the answers. And, it, right. and, you know, and that's not the case at all. So the more you can be open and be collaborative uh, and, and, and just uh, cast a wider net. I, think. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where, especially in today's, nobody knows, like there's so much going on. Nobody knows anything. I mean, and the more as a leader, especially if you're at the top, the more you can welcome and open and be um, able to listen to diverse perspectives, have an open mind, stay curious and stay in the present moment versus kind of thinking about what worked in the past. Cause exactly. you gotta be yeah very curious about what's here today. I talk to clients a lot, Melinda, about, you know, being careful with people like to lean on best practices. I said, you know, there's some of that that's very valuable, mm-hmm. but there's some of that that's a lot of it has outlived its usefulness. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, we're in a different day, different time. And yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Being more objective and being open to, and open and um, willing to be here. Right even right. though it can be very ambiguous and don't be afraid don't be afraid yeah. of yeah yeah, yeah. Of, of not knowing it's, yeah 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 thank you so much of such valuable insight i trust the audience has so much value and the uh, takeaways from this i know i did thank i you. really appreciate your time brenda thank you so much for being here until I next time it. yes thank you for having me mm-hmm. thank you